I got started in IT when the Motorola Razr was a big deal. Since then, we've had real technological breakthroughs. The real question is, what's coming next? Mixed reality, augmented reality, virtual reality, energy solutions, AI, voice, and wearable technology. Where's it taking us? Tech giants like Tesla, Amazon, Facebook, Microsoft, and Google are betting the house on all of it. From the food we eat, how we educate our kids, and how we travel, to how doctors will treat cancers and diseases. How we live is changing. So come with me as I look to find out how we can adapt, how it's gonna help us, and where it might hurt. I'm Chris Russo, and welcome to The Chris Russo Show. Today, talking about AI, specifically deep learning. I'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, did you hear about this recent study where AI was 94%, actually 94.4% to be correct, accurate at detecting lung cancer in CT scans? So with the way it's currently done today, and this is a quote from one of the doctors that I'll get into, the rate of false negatives is 30% meaning there's a lot of things missed. And I'll get into that. But lung cancer, this was surprising, I didn't know this. It's the most common cause of cancer death in the United States. And in 2018, there was an estimated 160,000, so 160,000 deaths from lung cancer. All right, so today I'm gonna to be talking about that study, uh, about how AI systems are helping radiologists detect lung cancer in CT scans more accurately. I'll cover how it helps, also, also the drawbacks of implementing this too soon. I'm going to talk about what I think the biggest advantage of when this eventually rolls out, um, you know, wide at scale. I'll talk about that. I'll talk about other advantages, but I'm going to give you like my, my biggest advantage. So I got this and more. So don't miss this because I went through a few of the comments from this article and I found one that I think will either have you laughing hysterically like I was or shaking your head in disbelief. Either way, you got to hear this. So good afternoon, everybody. It's Chris Russo, and welcome again. Today is June 7th, Friday. Beautiful looking day. Uh, I say looking because I haven't been outside yet, but it looks nice. looks real nice. So uh, today I'm going to be talking about that study that I just mentioned. It was an article posted on the NY Times, New York Times website. It was written by Denise Grady on May 20th of this year, 2019. Headline reads, AI took a test to detect lung cancer. It got an A. That's awesome, right? So basically, this AI system that they've been working with is helping doctors, or in the study it helped them, identify cancers in, in patients, right? Because if you, as you listened, or you, as you heard in my intro, one of the doctors was quoted as saying that there's a 30% uh, false negative rate. And that's just like insane. All right. So before I get into that stuff, I do want to talk about my opening line, that little play on the sixth sense. You know, I see dead jobs. Jobs will go away and it's our responsibility to adapt, right? Look at tech trends. 
and make your way into that trend. And usually like things like this, what I'm going to be talking about today is probably like 20 years away, right? But it's so important that like if you're 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, or 70 years old, that, you know, even 80 years old, that 20 years away from now still impacts you, right? And especially if, if you're younger than 80 and you're, you know, you're in the, the workforce, it's really important to you because like these are your jobs. And when I say, you know, 80 and, and up, it's because this is specifically health related. But for those like who are going to be in the workforce for, you know, another 30, 40 years, uh, 60 years, you know, if you're 18, 20 years old, whatever, like it's your job to look at the trends, stay current and and like think to yourself, what what does your career or your job specifically, your industry, what's it what might it look like in 20 years? Right. And so like that's that's a lot of like what I will be doing in this show. So. Let's tie what what I'm talking about into the uh, lesson today's show. So if in 20 years, cancer screening is in the hands of AI completely, let's say, right? Then it's your job now, 20 years ahead of time, to see what you can do beyond screening, right? Like beyond basic screening. Because if that's all you're doing, like that's a simple task. Not easy, right? But it's simple. Like it's it's got very little moving parts in looking at a picture, Right? Like that's something you can hand off to a, a, an automated system. So instead of doing that, instead of being the one that, that looks at it, and I'm not obviously like doctors do that stuff and they're, you know, highly trained and they study for a long time. I'm not obviously knocking that. Like that's like, that's not what I'm getting at here. I'm saying the one specific task, um, of, of anything, like even a cashier, like you see cashiers, uh, depending on where you go, um, are being, uh, replaced by systems, not necessarily AI systems, but like a, a checkout kiosk at a CVS or a pharmacy is doing simple things, right? Again, doesn't mean it's easy, but if something has a very little moving parts, like a checkout machine, it's just give a receipt to everybody who makes a transaction, transaction right? Uh, basic addition and subtraction, right? That, like that's it. It's just listing items, calculating the total prices, puts in tax, like it's all just basic math. And then basically everybody gets a receipt and then you get changed if you paid cash and you, you gave too much. Um, but the things that are not, that are not so simple that require way, uh, or that have more moving parts are things that like you actually need a person to think, right? Like customer service, like you need actual thinking people behind that stuff. And, and so that also goes for like being a doctor, but looking at the pictures themselves, these, these images, these CT scans, Number one, they can really use the help because you'll see in, in, uh, when I discuss this that number one, uh, it helps them do one specific task. So that, that's what I'm really getting at. So that's what you need to look at in terms of like your, your career. So my personal like guideline on this stuff is the simplest jobs are will get automated, right? So again, like easy is different. When I say simple, I, I mean not a lot of moving parts to go from point A to point B. So like, that's it. Um, let me give you another, another example I, would be like an ATM machine, right? Like it's just one thing. It just spits out money. And now you can make deposits and some, like they've added that, but that takes years to like implement new stuff. So, and that didn't take away teller jobs. It probably gives them more responsibilities now, right? Instead of now just, um, uh, making withdrawals for customers and, and deposits, 
Now, I've dealt with uh, bank tellers that have to check in with managers or get approval from like branch managers for certain things. Like if I want to withdraw a certain amount, right? Well, that's another thing. See, like there's technology, but there's so many limitations that you don't even realize up front that if you just take your expertise beyond that first simple step, like tellers, I don't know what they used to do, like what limitations they used to have. But now like they're worth so much more than just withdrawing money for you and depositing your money, right? And that's what an ATM is for. It took like that simple task that people really don't like aspire to do, right? It's a simple transaction and you give somebody a more uh, sophisticated, higher level job. Like that's what people should be doing. Higher level jobs, like communicating with people. Like I, when I went to withdraw money for a deposit on a house, you know, it's not anything I can go to an ATM for. Like they, that person says, oh, okay, you need that much money. I'm going to get clearance from the branch branch manager. Just make sure everything's cool. So they communicate and like communication's a, a big human task. You can't, you can't put that stuff in, in a ATM machine, right? So that's what I mean. Always be thinking about that stuff, right? So it's, it's your job. Eventually, like cleaning people might be like automated. Who knows? I mean, the Roombas right now, like are, are huge. I want a Roomba eventually. Uh, now they got ones that uh, do mopping and stuff. It's, it's It looks pretty cool. But like n- imagine school janitors, right? In 20 years, the janitor positions might be gone because they're going to have freaking Roombas cleaning the walls and the floors, right? Why 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 would they want to pay a janitor, right? When they can just get like two, uh, two Roombas or something, right? I don't know. But to clean the floors, you don't have to pay health care to that thing. That thing's not going to call out sick. But uh, yeah, so these are things you got to start thinking of because AI machines and, and deep learning systems are going to be taking um, simple jobs away, you know. So anyway, be ahead of the curve, all right? Keep listening to the show because that's what I'm going to be doing for you. So just keep evolving. You you got this. Trust me. So back to the actual uh, article, um, AI in medicine, right? It's not there yet, and we're... A long way away from anything ever being completely autonomous. And that's not really what this article is about. The article was about AI and the system being a second pair of eyes. Um, and that's what's really coming soon, I think, is AI being a second pair of eyes for doctors in uh, screening for cancer in CT scans. Okay? So if you know how AI works, then this will sound familiar. But if you don't, listen up. AI that we're talking about here is deep learning, right? And why is that important? Um, Because AI covers a larger domain of, you know, uh, computing. Deep learning is a subset of AI. So in, in, in deep learning, you train, like with algorithms, right, models, you train a system to recognize patterns so that it eventually can identify um, what it was trained to identify, right? So it's pattern recognition. You give a machine lots of data, and in this case, it's um, CT scans and, you know, uh, lung CT scans. And the system follows the algorithm, right, the model, and it learns how to identify them. And the people that give the, the systems are the ones that basically let the machine know if it's right or wrong, right? And so an example that I like to use is like training a puppy. If I had a puppy, say it's five, I don't know when you start training a puppy. So 
forgive me on that stuff. But if I had a puppy and it was like two months old and I had pictures of a puppy that were like the same breed and same color, this dog, and like looked just like it, right? So an identical dog. And I showed it. I wanted to teach it how to sit, right? So I had a dog picture and I showed my dog the picture of the dog, the identical dog. Say it's a Shih Tzu and it's, and it's white. And I showed my Shih Tzu that's white, the picture of the Shih Tzu sitting, right? Now, I point to it and I, I'll say, um, hmm, is this example going to work if I am training the dog verbally? No, it's not. I'm not so I'm not going to say to the dog sit. So I'm just showing him the picture. The first time my dog sits, by just seeing the picture, I'm going to give it a treat, right? Now the dog knows that it's right to sit, like this image is right. So I might wait a little bit. I'll show him the picture again. Picture could be, it's, it, let's use the same picture. So we're still on one data point. Show the dog the same picture. It takes him like a couple minutes to sit, but then he sits. I give the dog another treat. Now I'm going to start using different data points. Now I might use... Uh, same breed of dog, so a Shih Tzu, but I might use a black, a black Shih Tzu. So I show the dog the picture. It might take a few minutes for the dog to sit, but then the dog sits. I give him a treat. Now I've, I've conditioned the dog to see dogs sitting, right? Two Shih Tzus, one white, one black. That's two data points. Now I'm going to show the dog, uh, my dog, a picture of the Shih Tzu. Let's say, let's go back to the white Shih Tzu, the one that looks just like him. And it's the, and it's a dog jumping. Uh, you might hear some construction outside. I got my neighbor doing her in front of her damn house, and it's been all week. They start at 7 a.m. It's insane. So anyway, now I show the picture of the dog jumping in the air with a Frisbee. If my dog sits, I'm not going to give him a treat, right? Because the dog's not sitting in the picture. I want my dog to only sit. I want to train him to recognize sitting, right? So, And I know this is not how you train dogs, so let, let that go. But I'm trying to use an example here. So then let's say I want my dog to recognize what sitting is again. I might show him a Doberman sitting, right? And then maybe, right? And if he gets that, so the more difficult ones that he gets right, then I know I can I can push the limits farther. Now after that, let's say he gets the Doberman right, the Doberman sitting. Maybe I'll show him two pictures of dogs sitting, right? And now I, I, don't, I, I don't know if that's the right way to do this because I don't think this has ever been done before. But like that's the point. You keep training, and the more accurate they are, you 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 know, in a dog's case, you reward them so that they see that pattern again, and they do what you want. Like they give you the result, right? So it's recognizing a pattern and and identifying what to do with that, right? So this AI system, I don't know how uh, it alerted them, but maybe it it sorted them into a a table and said like, hey, here's the ones with the cancer, and then the doctors were able to verify it. But whatever. So then training your puppy, maybe it's a picture of you sitting, right? And your puppy then sits, you give him a treat and all this stuff. So basically it's just recognizing patterns and they're using images in this case, right? So uh, that's how deep learning works. It's an algorithm and that eventually the goal is, you know, 100% accuracy and it's just not, you know, realistic. But you got to hear with this, this, this was 94.4% accurate. So let's get into that. Um, again, that's deep learn. That's the deep learning model where you're training something based off of uh, patterns, and it's basically answering a yes or no question, like yes, this is cancer, no, this is not. All right. So Denise talks about this uh, in her article, right? And she writes, they gave it 
quote, many CT scans from patients whose diagnosis were known. Some had lung cancer, some did not, and some had nodules that later turned cancerous, end quote. And so the ones feeding data into the system, they know if there's cancer or not, right? And so they let the system know if it identified the scan correctly or not, right? And it starts to learn what's right and what's wrong. Remember the puppy. Eventually, you know, it gets smarter and smarter. And the more data points, the better, because the more difficult levels of difficulty you, you pass on to the system, the better it will get at recognizing it. And that's what deep learning is all about. All right. So I mentioned that the more data points thing um, that you feed into the system, the better. So how many data points are we talking about in this study? So this study used 6,716, right? And this system identified a CT scan correctly 94.4% of the time. And so that's 6,313 scans accurately identified. Uh, again, 6,313 6, out of 6,716, which is amazing. But here's the best part. It beat six doctors. So the AI system beat the doctors, six board certified radiologists. Okay. And here's a quote from the, uh, the actual abstract of the study. This is not a, this is not a quote from the article. Uh, and I've posted a link to the abstract as well on my, on my website. Quote, when prior computed tomography, that's CT, imaging was not available, our model outperformed all six radiologists with absolute reductions of 11% in false positives and 5% in false negatives. So, or end quote. So, like, that's insane. Like, so right now, so we've got this system 94.4% accurate. And this is in its infancy, by the way, right? Like in terms of like what we're able to do right now with this stuff. Yeah, we could do some cool stuff. Like obviously what we're talking about here, but it's in its infancy and it's beating six radiologists. It, that's crazy. It, so so let's go back to that quote. It, uh, it outperformed all six radiologists with absolute reductions of 11% in false positives. So let's stop right there. 11% in false positives means that greater than one out of 10 people uh, who, who these doctors would have told that they uh, were positive for lung cancer would have been given inaccurate information, right? So 11%, so it's greater than one out of 10. Are people are told, well, in this scenario, right? I, I don't think that they were actually told. This is just the study of this test. But these radiologists would have wound up telling people that they had cancer and that would have been inaccurate, okay? And then the other part of the quote was 5% in false negatives. Basically, you know, that's the inverse. Um, so 5%, one out of 20, uh, would have been told that they were free and clear where it would, where they actually did have cancer, right? So 5% would have been told hypothetically in this study that they were free and clear and, you know, got a clean bill of health, but it wouldn't have been true. And then that, what that does, you know, lets cancer grow. And then you get to the later stages of cancer where it's hard or uh, they're not able to treat it at all or, you know, hard to treat or not able to treat at all. So that's huge. Like that's, that's absolutely huge. That's a great advantage to this um, in having like a second pair of eyeballs for these doctors. Like, man, I just can't, just can't even imagine. 
And so one of the reasons why these machines are able to do that, so these doctors, they're looking at these 3D images here. But what, what's amazing about this technology, the AI systems are actually scanning these same images. However, because they're looking at earlier pictures and they can compare it quickly and accurately to later images, they have the added dimension of time. So imagine, you know, how flip, you know, how flip books work, you know, you, you flip, uh, let's say 60 pages and it's like stick figures and the stick figure looks like it's moving, right? Well, it essentially works like the same way. The, it adds the dimension of time where you looking at, or let's say a radiologist looking at one image and then looking at another one, they can't see these tiny, tiny growths um, like a machine can. They can't, they can't see the difference between two, two nodules where if it's, if it, I don't know how long it would, it would take for a cancer cell to grow to significance where it's some, where the naked eye could see it, but it's nowhere near where AI could detect it. And so that's what this is doing. It's be, it's able to use time where we can't, because say in a, say in, in 30 days, I don't know how much a cancerous cell um, could grow in 30 days, but obviously it's time has passed. It can grow, but it say if it's so little, like that, that growth that the human eye can't see it, but a machine can. And so if a machine, if you get, if you get two images, two scans, 30 days apart, and this machine can pick up on it where a doctor can't, because maybe, maybe the naked eye can only see the, the growth, the difference in growth from day one and day 90. I, again, I don't know the size of these cells and like the, the rate of growth and whatnot, but whatever it is, these machines are able to pick it up so much sooner because they can detect these minuscule growths. Um, and like, that's the added dimension of time that these machines have. So it's like, it's like 4d you're adding like the dimension of time. And like, to me, it's just, it's, that's like the, the ability to see these subtle growths. It means that people can see, people can, get treated sooner if it's cancer, but also they'll know if it's cancer much sooner. So if they're given a false positive, right, then that means they might be rushed into surgery or not not even rushed. That's not the right word. They're put into surgery in the first place, but where they shouldn't have been. And so you get to avoid all that. Um, so, you know, if you can get a scan 30 days apart where this technology can detect whether it's cancerous or not. So in 30 days, you know, day one, doctor might say, hey, I can't tell just yet. Um, but in 30 days, because we've, you know, we've got this new technology, we'll, we'll know because it, it can monitor, it can monitor um, and see the progress of growth for this cancer cell. And it's, you know, like, that's just not something the human eye can do. So like, that's just a, like incredible that it can detect such subtle uh, growth in, in these things. And so like, that's, that's like just insane. All right. So what I'm going to get into right now, excuse me, is a major disadvantage to this stuff. Uh, more, more so for the fact that if it's, if it's put into play right now at scale, right. And and here's why. So Denise mentions this in her article and, uh, she quotes a, uh, Dr. Topol, uh, Dr. Topol, T-O-P-O-L. And so this is why it won't be widespread anytime soon, right? 
and this is the disadvantage uh, for scaling out this this specific uh, deep learning screening of you know uh, lung cancer CT scans. So quote. A radiologist who misreads a scan may harm one patient, but a flawed AI system in widespread use could injure many. All right, end quote. This. All right, so that's Dr. Topol, and uh, that's a big point. And guess what? It's it's very um, it's very cautious of them to uh, to to do it that way, and it's very good. You don't you don't want to rush something out like this. L- listen, I know it's ninety four point four percent accurate, but one mistake if if there's a flaw in this and one mistake but it's every imagine imagine the doctor um who is who could be everywhere right and gave the same prognosis for for an for an image for everybody but he was wrong right like that like that's like that's bad like a doctor for one patient being wrong it sucks and and, and that's bad enough so like you don't want to make things worse by putting any potential flawed system out there and having it be wrong at scale, right? Like that's, that's doing way more harm than good. And so Dr. Topol says, um, this is not an exact quote, but basically before it can be scaled and used on the general public, it has to be studied and tested rigorously. And to me, that means years, like I, to me, probably decades, um, like 20 years. Cause if we're seeing, so, all right, why years if we're seeing 94.4% accuracy, right? Why why that long? Because it goes beyond accuracy. And I'm so glad that Denise mentioned this in the article. Uh, it's towards the end. That these systems need to be monitored for bugs. Uh, they need to be protected um, by hackers and malicious attacks. I've, I worked at a law firm, and it was it's not life or death in, in the law firm um, when you when you you know, are hacked, but you know, this could be. So in the law firm, you know, there's, there'd be things that they were catastrophic pretty much. Um, thank God we had, you know, the correct things, uh, in place, like correct, uh, systems like redundancy and whatnot, but we would get, uh, cryptoed, you know, like there'd be drives, people that were connected to on their computer, their drives would be cryptoed and, you know, all the ransomware would hit these machines and, you know, then you couldn't open up your, your files and it sucks. But imagine, imagine having a bunch of CT scans and a doctor comes up to you and says, hey, uh, our machines were hit with a virus and or some ransomware. Can I get back to you tomorrow? Like, no, uh, right? Like, uh, or hey, uh, this AI machine, uh, yeah, tells us that uh, your cancer is growing at a ridiculously uh 1000% growth rate. It's unheard of. We need you to, we need you to go under the knife like now. And then it's like, uh, not true. Right. Uh, like who knows what can happen. So it's, it can't be, you can't be overcautious with us, with this stuff when you're putting it into the hands of like an autonomous system that like you're depending on for life and death. Right. I used to work at a law firm and it was pretty bad when that would happen. You know, again, we had the recovery systems in place, but it wasn't life or death. This is life or death. So, yeah, you have to protect these systems uh, from malicious attacks. You you just have to. And so, and what that actually what that also gets into is, and uh, I think yeah, Denise at the end here, she also brings up a uh, a quote. Um, 
this isn't the quote, but the government's going to get involved. And you have to because it's healthcare, right? And we're talking about uh, things being regulated. You know, I know this is technical stuff, but uh, you, you, as technology evolves, new new laws come into play. Old ones become, you know, phased out a little bit. Uh, and eventually they die. They're just not relevant. But the government's going to have some say in this. And, um, you know, this is, this is healthcare. This is people's lives. So there's going to be regulations. And... Yeah, at, at the end here, Dr. Uh, Daniel C. Da- Dr. Daniel uh, TSE, the last name's TSE. Uh, he's a project manager at Google, and he says, we don't want to get ahead of ourselves. And he's exactly right. There's no rush to this. It, it needs to be eased in. This isn't, this. like I said, the 94.4% accuracy is amazing. But if you, if you have one doctor who's... Uh, or if you have, a, let's say, a thousand doctors, if you have a thousand doctors who are all taught the wrong way of something, like taught um, incorrectly how to identify something, and they're all making the same mistake, well, that's like a flawed AI system. That's that's how you make a mistake at scale, and you, and you hurt like thousands of people instead of just you know one, where one doctor make the, makes a mistake again. It's not as catastrophic as hurting thousands. Like you know, one's bad enough, but you don't need to make the problem worse. So. It's just, you don't need to rush things out like this. It's so much better for people, right? In this care, in this case, healthcare patients, right? To wait longer, to roll something like this out that has life or death impl- implications and at mass scale, right? It's so much better to roll it out, um, or excuse me, to wait to roll it out. It's so much better to wait than to just roll it out because... If you have to remove something or change it, it's a big disruption, and that impacts people's lives. Not only just the wrong, uh, the inaccurate possibilities or the you know the uh, the flaws, right? But it's having to then reel that stuff back after people had already made their adjustments to it, right? So you definitely got to ease into this just from a technology standpoint. All right, so. One of the things, uh, one of the advantages, so we talked about a number of advantages already, but one of the ones not discussed in the article, um, and that's not a knock on the article, this is just, you know, you can't write everything in one single piece, but one of the advantages that I believe um, is the biggest is waiting times, is, is that, like, I think that's the biggest thing. So this goes back to what I was saying about um your your jobs and looking at the trends, right? So the trend I see with this is that eventually this could free up doctors' times, um, the the doctors' time, and have them working on more sophisticated things like surgeries, right, and research. So like that's where a doctor's zone of genius is, not in just looking at images. Like that's what I'm talking about. Like looking at images and trying to spot something is a simple task, not easy. So don't don't get that mixed up. Like that. Like when I say it's not easy, I mean like it, it takes studying. Like it's not a it's not a easy task. Uh, I'll try to think of a better definition. But when I say simple, I mean there's one one maneuver. Like that's it. Like you're looking for you're looking for something. You're looking for an object. You're looking for something that's that is breaking the pattern that you're used to seeing, right? And like that identifies your cancer. Like that's the one thing. 
we want doctors not to be staring at images and, and looking at images because that helps nobody in the meantime, right? They're just they're just looking. But a surgery that helps people in, like at that moment, like the people who need it. So like I think waiting times being uh, being reduced, you know, between visits and between um, getting bad news and then their surgery. Like I think the waiting time, like the decrease in waiting time, is probably the biggest advantage um, of this coming. You know that that's just what I think. Again, listen, tweet at me. I would love to. Maybe I didn't mention something. Maybe I'm I'm you know I'm not always right. And obviously, this is not a right or wrong thing. That's just my opinion. But uh, maybe I'm missing something. But let me know. Twitter at it's Chris Russo. I T S K R I S R U S S O. Hashtag Chris Russo Show. Yeah, let me know what you think. I mean, I think that's the biggest advantage of like not having to wait as long because you free up a doctor's time. He or she can be doing surgeries. Um, all right, so I want to talk about that person's crazy comment, and uh, I got to pull this up here. This was insane. Uh, this is somebody who. This is why I had to say what I did in the beginning about like I see dead jobs because this person was going nuts about um, jobs being lost, and it's it's like it blows my mind. Like jobs have been going away since the beginning of time. As soon as somebody in, invented the car, right? The, the horse and buggy was looked at like, like oh, crap. Like, oh, yeah, that thing kind of sucks uh, in the summer. You got no air conditioning there? Or, or you, know, you, you got to feed your horse? Like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to go get a car. Like, things, like, they lose their place. So whoever was make, making horse and buggies back then, yeah, your job was lost, right? Whoever, like, like I'm sure it phased out. It wasn't, like, immediate. Right, and the price of cars, like not everyone's gonna be jumping because there's a cost. But like that's how it happens. It gets rolled out slowly, people adapt, and then your job has to change, you know? You go from fixing horse and buggies to, you know, maybe being a mechanic. I, I don't know. But like these things happen. You gotta keep up with the times. So this person, their name is T B and they uh apparently they're from New York. They it says New York under their little handle here. Well, May twenty first, they wrote the notion that AI will, quote, help doctors not replace them, end quote, is extremely naive and simply not how capitalism works. I, honestly, I don't know how this is a capitalism thing. This is a general health thing. Like, number, like I just got done talking about the biggest advantage to this is wait times. Do you know how important that is for people who get bad news and then, like, if they can't get treated within, I don't know, say 30 days or 60 days, whatever the doctor says, like when that, whenever they need something, right. It depends on how like far along the cancer is. Um, but waiting sucks. This isn't about capitalism. Like, and so, so this person quoted the article quote, helps doctors not replace them. Cause that was one of the doctors actually said, they said, this isn't to replace us. This is to help us. And so like, this is like a second pair of eyes, and like it's like it's so important. Like I said about the waiting times, um, like because it could be one doctor looks at something, but then he wants or she wants a second opinion, right? And then the, the other doctor uh, who look the second opinion doctor might you know might not be able to get to it right away. Maybe they're you know they're they're booked up, but like so this speeds things up. This gets somebody from bad news to procedure like so much quicker. So, all right, let's go back to the comment. Like, this is completely laughable. I'm sorry for, you know, whoever this is. I'm not really sorry, but, like, I got to tear you apart here. So I'm quoting the uh, the comment here. 
Quote, Radiologists are about to discover that they have a lot more in common with millions of factory workers in flyover country than they would like to think. Some very powerful people think they make too much money for what they do, and those powerful people have found a way to increase profits by simply eliminating jobs by using something that is, now they're quoting, quote, faster, better, and cheaper, end quote, and then end quote for the comment. Actually, quote, again, I'm about to read the next, the next line. This is great. This is great. This is great. Quote, so radiologists have about five years max before the bottom falls out. End quote. Okay. This person is out to lunch. This person is is nuts. They think that that this is just like factory workers and flyover country. I don't know what the hell that means, fly, in flyover country, factory workers. Listen, whoever you are, you didn't read the article. This is not about replacing doctors. I, I don't know like where you get radiologists have about five years max before the bottom falls out. Number one, you didn't read the article. Number two, you have no idea what, what AI is and why it's still flawed at scale and how deep learning works. You have... 44 people click the recommend on your thing. So that means 45 people total that I know of right now, just from looking at your comment, are dumb. You didn't read the article. Neither did the other 44. So that's 45 people right there. Listen, you gotta you gotta do your homework before you put out a comment like this. Like you're just listen, write all you want, but you're just flat out wrong. Five years max before listen, you know what I want to do? I think I'm going to set a reminder for five years from now so that I can come back to this. And whoever this is, TB from New York, probably not Tom Brady because Tom Brady is not from New York. But whoever it is, TB, I'm going to call you out in five years, right? Because you wrote five years max. So I, I think giving you the full five years is is definitely uh, the least I can do. Because uh, I, I want to talk about in five years how the bottom, you know, uh, hasn't fallen out for a radiologist because you're you're just you make no sense. All right, so like, oh man, this is this is nuts. Five years max for radiologists, uh, the bottom to fall out. Okay, all right. I think on that note, I gotta go. Uh, oh wait, no, it's Friday. Uh, this is Raz Russo Fridays. So I gotta I gotta I gotta give you something that uh, people razz on me about that is pretty funny to them and me. I guess I find it funny too. Um, oh, all right. Here's a good one. <laughs> when I when I grew up, and I would tell people stories like of something that happened to me that day, or something that happened to somebody else, but like I was there and like I wanted to share the story. What happened was was this. So I it could be something. So let's say I was on the bus driving to work, or you know, on the bus riding to work, and it could be a situation where somebody got on the bus with their bike and, um. When I rode the when I rode the uh, the bus to work, it was crowded in the mornings. Um, so if somebody brought a bike in, uh, like it would be like really inconvenient for people having to move. So imagine like somebody doing that, and like they just did something funny. I don't know. And then later on, I saw my sister, and I was like, oh, I gotta tell you something funny that happened on the bus. Somebody at the bus stop, they got on with their bike, and like they're they're trying to like not hit people, and they're saying, oh, excuse me, excuse me, hey, excuse me. And they get to the middle of the bus, right? And and like people cleared out of the way for them. And then two stops later, they got off. Isn't that crazy? Well, there's like no 
lesson. There's no punchline to that story. So like people hear stories like that from me, they they look and they're like, you just told me a PS. I'm like, oh yeah, I did. PS is a pointless story. Uh, so when I, I don't know when it was, I must've been like eight or nine or something like that, where like my cousins started saying, oh, PS, PS for pointless story. Because I just get into these things where I start talking about something that happened. And so I thought that was pretty funny. I would share that. So yeah, Raz Russo on Fridays, I'm doing this to bring you guys a little bit of a laugh. All right. Hey, I hope you enjoyed this show. I, I try to put out good content for you guys. Uh, let me know what you'd like to hear. You can hit me up on Twitter. Again, it's at it's Chris Russo, I-T-S-K-R-I-S-R-U-S-S-O. It's Chris Russo. Uh, subscribe to the show if you found this insightful and valuable. Share it with a friend in tech. Share it with a parent. Share it with a coworker. Uh, who's into tech and trends uh, on iTunes? You can rate this show. It tells Apple that my content is worth your time, which I truly appreciate, and I would never waste your time. Uh, feel free to get in touch with me again. Twitter's the best place. Use the hashtag Chris Russo Show. Everybody have a great weekend, a great day. Be safe. Get outside if it's nice outside. Uh, looks nice here in Philly. I'm about to get outside. I love you, and see you later. <laughs>